Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my this is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, now is the time. Text those questions into 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to some of your questions before we let John go for the day. Hello, John. Hello. By the way, does, does anybody have any faith in the baseball commissioner? No. I, I, I would agree. Yeah. Did you, you watched his uh, statement? No. I mean, I, I, I saw him, uh, I saw one little thing on the uh, on Twitter where he was laughing at something. Yeah, he didn't. I didn't think he came off well, and I would say the public sentiment, as we were talking about earlier, is yeah. is ninety five, ninety eight percent in this on the side of the players. Uh huh. So far, but I mean, I don't know. We'll see if this continues to drag out. Does that start to shift? There's a there are some people saying, hey, I blame both sides. I blame the players. You know, but I'd say the majority of this, if you're Talking about who who's winning the PR battle, it's the players. Yeah, and of course, I mean, I know talking to Shannon the other day, uh, particularly on Saturday, I mean, she was saying that uh, it was like a $24, $34 million difference in uh, what there was there for the tax. And, of course, uh, obviously, the higher number was with the owners. And, of course, the players just didn't accept that. Well, I mean, and also the thing that's frustrating, John, is, you know, we were talking about yeah. this earlier. He's talking about, well, we're kind of in a weakened state because of the pandemic. But you couldn't control that. No. This you can. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And they could have done it a long time ago. So I think, you know, uh, it it looks like this one, because of what I was saying, is that uh, right now they're going to blame the billionaires. But when the season starts, they'll probably shift. People, fans, will probably shift all the blame to the players. But I'm not so sure now. Because I'm not sure either, yeah. Yeah, I now agree. it looks like they're they're the ones that uh, that are in the wrong. But hey, John, I was reading the story about the Giants saying they would uh, be willing to entertain phone calls on Saquon Barkley, which I, I guess to me is not surprising based on his injury history and the way the league, as we've talked about over and over, how they've just devalued that position overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hypothetically, if a team is interested, uh, sincerely interested, what's it, what do you think it would take to get Saquon? Uh, I'd say maybe a third or fourth round pick. Because I don't think he's going to have first round value, and particularly in a draft like this, which is, you know, it can, with running backs being considered to be maybe the deepest, best position in the draft, I think it's going to be hard to get value. I mean, so it's like, uh, even though he's a talent, but again, his injury history I think plays against him. Mm. And he's owed, just for the record, he's owed uh, guaranteed seven point two one seven million on the fifth year uh-huh. of his fifth-year option of his rookie deal. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, okay, are they going to sign him to a long-term deal? And you get the idea. The answer is no. Well, and John, also, does it, it's, it seems like it's more and more that everybody will listen to every conversation. Yeah, I agree. So just because it's like, okay, we'll, we'll listen and take offers on Saquon Barkley, I mean, that, that's not some uh, news-breaking uh, item, right? They're, I mean, basically, mostly – most GMs in the league are listening to everything, right? So uh, yeah, I don't know why that's even news. I think well, maybe freak not. Out in, over maybe it. not in Houston. Well, I guess in Houston it is. It could be. I don't know about Jacksonville. In in what way? Well, because again, their their, their GM isn't that good. Oh, Trent Balky. Trent Balky, yeah. Yeah, he said the that the uh, what was the term he used? We're always you're always open for business in talking yeah. about um, taking offers on that first overall pick. Uh-huh. So what 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 do you expect them to do? You see them try to accumulate more picks. Do you see them? It seems like everybody. If you follow the mock drafts, they yeah. have the uh, 
O lineman, I think, is at NC State uh-huh. coming at it. I think that's who it is. But uh, that seems to be the number one pick, the the defensive end out of Michigan, number two in most of these mock drafts. But what do you what do you see Jacksonville doing? Probably take an offensive lineman, and if they don't, they'll take a defensive end, a pass rusher. So it's like uh, you know, I, I can easily see uh, them going in one of two directions. So it's like, uh, but you know, Evan Neal. Uh, even though he's not going to work out, is probably the top candidate to go to Jacksonville. Mm. Yeah, and that's the the tackle again. Is it a yeah. yeah? Hey, I was listening to Bruce Arians today, and he said there's no way he's going to trade Tom Brady or the rights to him or anything. But uh-huh. you know, the way he was talking is like, you know, I was listening to him at the combine. He was saying, "Hey, we're always open to him coming back yeah. if he wants to come out of retirement." And uh, yeah, it's uh, any any change there based based on what you heard from Bruce Arians as far as Brady staying retired? No, I think he's going to stay retired. Now remember, I mean, you know, they can't do anything with him until I mean they could, but they won't until after June first. Because let's say if they if they put his retire if they put him in on the retired list, it's a twenty eight million dollar cap hit. If they trade him, it's a twenty eight million dollar cap hit. And so it's like uh, they just got to keep him on the roster and spread it out. Have you ever heard? By the way, I had to file my papers in order to get yeah. my benefits uh, and all that stuff. But um, yeah, it was a sad day. I had yeah. a I didn't have a party. Uh, it was just me and the guy at the little post office there. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I told the guy, I go, this is my retirement from the NFL. And he looked at me like, whatever, dude. Yeah. <laughs> just give me the envelope. Cool story, bro. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh, no bleep. Good for you. Um, but, yeah, as far – but we ever seen anybody who files papers and then – I mean, what's the? Is there a process to get back in? Let's say you change your mind; you've already filed your your papers. I'm sure that if it's a good player or whatever, there, yeah. there's a way to get out of that. You, Probably, but I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't seem to happen. Once yeah. a guy retires, he retires. Yeah. Hey, uh, John. Again, you guys can text in questions four two one three seven seven six. That's four two one ESPN, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Uh, one one of the stories I sent these guys last night that I saw was was. The idea that the Dolphins were interest, were interested in Sean Payton, and they also were interested in Tom Brady coming over, and they were going to give him some level of ownership stake in the team. And then I guess the Brian Flores situation screwed up the Sean Payton potential and uh, whatever whatever compensation they'd have to give the Saints to bring him over. What what do you know about that? Well, I, I think you know it's probably an overdone story and probably not accurate. You know, because first off, I mean the uh, the Bucks can't. Uh, do anything with Brady until June, you know, because of the cap problems. And, you know, Sean Payton just wanted to get out of it for a while and go into broadcasting. So it's like, uh, you know, you can talk about that. But also remember, I mean, he's got, uh, what, three, four years left on his contract. So if you're going to get Sean Payton, you're going to have to trade for him. Hey, uh, Matt Ryan, John, uh, the yeah. Falcons GM declines to commit to uh, to anything as far as Ryan goes as the 22 starter, but what do you make of his career? You know, it, it's, it's been kind of up and down. I mean, he's been yeah. incredibly productive, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's been, what, to four Pro Bowls, all pro in 2016, but, um, you know, as far as, where does, where does he rank? I mean, probably top 10. I mean, because, again, he's a good quarterback. He's been a good quarterback since 2008 when he was drafted. And, uh, you know, it's, it's you know certainly the team has had a lot of misfortune. I mean, the disappointment is when you have a quarterback as talented as Matt Ryan, you shouldn't see that many losing seasons like this. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, we watched it with uh, you know Matthew Stafford in that, and I think you know Matt Ryan's actually at least before he went to the Rams a better quarterback than uh, you know before Stafford went to the Rams. That I thought Matt Ryan was the better quarterback, but again, at some point you got to start winning. He won an MVP, right? Did he win one year? Yeah, uh, he yes, to, went he did. The, he yeah. went to the Super Bowl. Remember well, that? I know that. I just couldn't remember if he won the MVP or yeah, not. Yeah, he year. was uh, in 2016. That was okay. a that was a good year. But I mean, you, to your point, John. Yeah, you look at the last four years: uh-huh. uh, seven and ten, four <clears> and twelve, <throat> seven and eight, seven and nine. I mean, he started off good: eleven yeah. and five, nine and five, thirteen and three. But yeah, it's tailed off as far as winning goes. And that and that's kind of interesting because you look at. Like Stafford has mm-hmm. always had good numbers, but mm-hmm. not great as far as winning goes. Uh, same thing with Derek Carr. Right. You know, it's uh, some of these core, but it has a lot to do with what you uh, what you're surrounded by. So. Uh, John, the let's see, the five oh nine saying, "Hey, John, I heard that James Bradbury could be a cut candidate. If that happens, could the Seahawks sign him? Uh, he's a cornerback at a with the Giants, right? Yeah, he yeah. is. Is is that true? He's a potential cut candidate. Would he be a possible an yeah. attractive piece here? I would think so. I don't see why not. I mean, he was a high-paid, uh, good cornerback, and uh, he's good in coverage. So I could see that being a possibility. We did our, uh, you know, big free agent uh, game show today. Guess, guess the free agent. Guess the free agent. Restricted free agent, John. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you know which one? Do you know the ones that are restricted? I haven't looked at the restricted list too yeah, much. See, that's for, what I for tried the Seahawks. to do, John. Yeah, oh. for the Seahawks. There's only two. Yeah, there's only two. And I tried to look at the list, <laughs> and I wasn't supposed to. But, uh, yeah, it was Brian Who, Monet. Who? It was Brian Monet. Brian, what, is Puna Ford? That's uh, what I guessed, John. When I heard restricted free agent, I said Puna Ford, but it's not. Oh, okay. Who's the other restricted free agent, Lefko? Do you know? Oh, Bless, Bless Austin. Austin. Okay. You, what, you don't want to be on the air, Mike? He puts Bless it in my Austin. ear. Yes, thank you. I was going to help you get the answer so you could say it. <laughs> but uh, Monet, John, I mean, I don't know how you feel about D-tackles. I yeah. always feel like if you're super special, like Cortez Kennedy, uh-huh. that's one thing. But for the most part, and I know that I don't, wouldn't want my buddies to hear this, but I feel like a D-tackle, you can I, – I feel like you can get those guys pretty easily. I, I don't know how – you know, I mean, you obviously don't need somebody in there that's getting blown off the ball and all that right. stuff. But I don't know. I mean, if you're a big-bodied guy and you're a scrapper and you just are holding a, a spot inside in the interior of uh, of the the line, I feel like those guys are pretty easy to come by. I don't. I don't. I, I would say I don't value them monetarily. How mm-hmm. about you? I, I think you do value them, particularly now, because of the way that defenses are playing. Is that uh, particularly if you have a, a defensive tackle that has a little bit of pass rush? I mean, you know, particularly with quarterbacks that are running outside as much as they can. I mean, you know, if they, you, you can get interior pressure coming from that D tackle before the quarterback starts running, then you have a better chance. And so I think in many ways, in the last couple of years, some of the defensive tackles have been, uh, you know, even you know more valuable. Not as much as a pass rush, a pass rushing end or anything like that. But no, I think there's more value right now in defensive tackle and what did you think about Monet I mean it seemed like uh Kenny Norton really liked him and yeah, he usually yeah. uh would, would pump him up but I mean he's he's been okay right? yeah okay yeah I don't think he's going to get a lot of money but yeah. what the heck hey John we were talking to Mark Schlereth earlier in the show and, and obviously he's out there in, in Denver and I read a story where their GM basically said hey everything's on the table in terms of looking for a new quarterback and that includes multiple first round picks and 
Mark felt like that was more in regards to Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron yeah. Rodgers is available, okay, multiple first-round picks. And we started talking about, all right, well, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, if it's not uh, uh, Russell Wilson, who's it going to be? And he, he started throwing out a few names, and he threw out Mitchell Trubisky. Uh-huh, I what, know. What, what, <laughs> well, and I just – and I, on the heels of that, found a story where they were, they were talking to Sean McDermott, and his, his quote was, I think it's unrealistic to think that we're going to be able to have him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want him to go on do great things for him and his family, which they just don't. They think he's going to get an opportunity to start somewhere else. Where? What's the market like for Mitchell Trubisky? And Probably. is Denver a good spot for him? No, all he's, right. Uh, he's not. It's not a good spot for him unless you want to lose. But uh, you know, but but I think there is going to be interest in uh, Trubisky mainly because it looks like you know the market's going to be a little bit down. I mean, did you see the story that Jimmy Garoppolo now needs shoulder surgery? Yeah, he's going to sit until summer. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. And so that's not encouraging. And Tom Brady, I think, is going to stay retired. So that's not encouraging. And so it's like, uh, you know, uh, Carson Wentz is going to be available, it looks like. But it's like, I think the market's going to be really dry uh, on the cornerback front. And that's why, you know, you got the four quarterbacks that can be considered to go in the first round. But none of them are great. You don't even know if they can start. Yeah, I was telling Dave, I was watching an interview with, uh, was it Kenny Pickett? Yeah. And he's projected by, you know, I'm just deferring to the analyst yeah. there, saying he's the top quarterback prospect. And they were sitting there talking about his tiny hands and his hands measure eight inches and something. And they yeah. said the ideal size is, you know, nine inches and above. And, and that he's, he's got, I think he had an inordinate number of fumbles, which they were saying, yeah, at the college level, he's fumbling the ball. What's he going to do at the pro level? It's just interesting to hear that many, you know, negatives about the guy who's considered the best quarterback available in the draft this year. It's just a bad year for the quarterback spot. It seems it is. I mean, I think what what there was only like about uh, twelve to fifteen that were invited to go to the combine, <clears throat> which is a little bit lower than normal. And so it's like, uh, yeah, not not good at all. I don't know if it kind of reminds you of a couple years where the quarterbacks. I mean, two thirteen I know was not a good year for quarterbacks, and you know certainly uh, you know <laughs> you, you know Tom uh, Tebow the Tebow year wasn't a good year for quarterbacks, and so it's like uh, we'll see. Yeah, wasn't uh, Dave Craig the guy that started yes. the whole uh, tiny hand thing? Yeah, he got mad at me on this. Did he? Well, because what I what <laughs> I did is that uh, you know I contacted uh, Dan Fouts. Uh-huh. Okay, because you know uh, you know he had the record, right? He had the, the record, yeah. yeah. And then Dave Craig passed him, and so I I called uh, you know Fouts and got a few quotes to go with the story idea. That it's like, hey, why don't we go to the Hall of Fame, and then we'll have a, a like a, a battered football going to the quarterback who has the most fumbles, and he didn't like that at all, which is understandable. Yeah, I saw Dave over the weekend. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, you know what we did? What argued? Oh, really? <laughs> well, that's just how Dave and I talk. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. That's how they communicate. That's why yeah. Bob likes having him on because oh. we'll sit and like debate the dumbest little details. I just uh-huh. like seeing Dave's eye rolls and just. Kind of exasperated body language over there. Wow, he's like yeah. what Chuck Knox used to say. He's like a fart in a pair of corduroys. Uh-huh. You know those big heavy corduroys. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Bounces around in there. <laughs> Six different uh, teams: Seattle, Kansas City, Detroit, Tennessee, the Cardinals, Chicago? and Chicago. Yeah, he might, he might be like the best quarterback in Chicago football history. Yeah. They never have good quarterbacks. Of course, that's the one thing. I mean, he can't go back for a school reunion in college. Yeah, exactly. Because, Milton. Oh, Milton's gone, right? They gone. turned his college into a Chuck E. Cheese. Is yeah, what I always yeah. Say. 
Uh, but yeah, they, they still have was... his picture hanging in there, though. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. He is a good dude. He I is. He, no, he's great. Four two one three seven seven six four two one ESPN is the text number powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. If you guys have a question for John, uh, John, what what do you make? We we touched on this briefly yesterday. The the combine. They're getting down there. They're doing interviews and all of that, and they'll get get to work in earnest on the third. But do you think do you see that trend continuing of the top guys just going there and doing the measurables, getting, you know, weighed, getting their height measured and all that, and then not participating? I can see it. I mean, you know, we've seen it back in the eighties when a lot of the guys didn't, uh, for you know, the agents wouldn't, you know, said, No, you're not gonna let my guy work out and I can see it because again, uh and, and, and what it does, it causes all kind of problems. And what I mean by all kind of problems is that what's great about the combine when everybody's working out is that you're all in the same plane. You're all doing it on the same field. I mean, you can see who's good, fast, all those different things, watch the drills and kind of evaluate more. But if you kept the weight to go to the individual workouts, that's different because you don't know if it's going to rain, snow. You don't know if it's the, the field is going to be bad to work on. So it's like, uh, yeah, you want as many to work out as possible. That's why, you know, starting Thursday, we'll see how many do. Yeah, you know, I think it's always, yeah, I mean, if you're going to be like the first one or two picks, maybe you don't do it. But it always helps you because the coaches, they want to see you there compete uh, against other guys. You know, like if you do a pro day, it's at your, you know, facility and all that stuff. But when you get in with, you know, guys from all over the country and, you know, kind of compete in some of those uh some of the events, if you uh-huh. if you will, I, I feel like the the coaches always like that. No doubt, yeah. Because again, and, and what's so weird about this year too is that this is the first time we've had coaches not go. Yeah, I mean, you know, Les Snead, the general manager of the Rams, and Sean McVay, they didn't go. Uh, I'm still stunned that uh, Robert Sanu uh, didn't go because he got two high picks, and then Kyle Shanahan didn't go. Oh. That's interesting. Uh, by the way, this is a funny one from 541. Uh, to Seattle for three first rounders. Uh, they're going to, will, they will in return get Russ oh, and Jake God. Heaps. <laughs> Jake Heaps. <laughs> Jake's part of the package. Jake's deal a little, yeah, there little you go. sweetener in the deal there. Yeah, I, I think he's just, he was just joking about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, John, this one from Ty. He says, hey, John, what's your opinion on if, if Shane Waldron has a bad year next year? Do we find a new OC the following year or do they keep him for a third year? Let's keep it one year at a time. It's like uh, you know, trying to figure out the future a year from now. It's, t- it's tough enough to get through the present. And so it's like, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I think you know, things should get better on the offense. Hey, uh, as far as we're talking about Kyler Murray, and I know yeah. Bob talked to you about it yesterday, but today we're talking to Mark uh, Schlereth, and he was saying, you know, like with, with Kingsbury, the reason, because I brought up the, the fact that he has finished so horribly yeah, every season, going back to 2013 in college. But, you know, he said his offenses are, you know, if the passing game doesn't work, then they rely on their quarterback to make a play. You know, and you just can't, it's not sustainable. And so, you know, it was kind of like they figure out, Kingsbury's deal kind of you know figure out the passing game Uh they don't have the greatest of running games but then they rely too much on Kyler Murray just to go out and make a play and it's just not sustainable is the way he put it 
Yeah. Does that sound sound about right to sound you? Sound about right, yeah. It's yeah. probably the best explanation I've heard as far as how do you how do you account for Kingsbury losing that many games at the end of the season? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh it just anyway, I, I thought that was a, a fairly good explanation for uh for Kyler Murray. Yeah, now we'll see, you know, because his agent put out that long kind of crazy statement, you know, they, that he wants to get paid. And if you're the Cardinals, what do you pay him? Yeah, yeah I, I, I wait. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, wait. I do too. I, I, that, I don't know. Something doesn't feel right about that whole thing, John. No, agreed, agreed. So, yeah, I'd be very reluctant. And what would the average be? I mean, I didn't see a number attached to no. whatever offer. But, I mean, are you, we? You know he's going to ask for in the 40s. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, I would not be anxious to make that deal. Uh, I no, would I would not either. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk again tomorrow. All right, sounds good. There you go. There's Professor John Clayton. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. By the way, there's a, a promo somewhere with Jake. You know how Jake always has the malaprops going? Yeah. Uh, it was something like, knock, knock, who's calling? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's one of their promos. If we can find it maybe during the break. That's so funny. <laughs> it's something like that. Uh, yeah, anyway. Love, yeah, no. love Jake. They can't have Jake. They can take Russell Wilson, but they can't take Jake away That's from where us. we draw the line. Love Jake. Got to have him. Oh, uh, yeah. Some of the things he says just crack. Just crack. <laughs> and then somebody else said, yes, please give Jake away him and Chip from the windshield commercial. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, I'm just, I don't know. I would love to, I don't know that we have any, any Cardinal fans in the listening audience, but if you happen to be a fan of the Arizona Cardinals, are, are you anxious to sign Kyler Murray to a long-term deal? No. There's just something about him. I don't know what it is. It's just, maybe just, again, reading his body language from the sidelines, and I feel like we've seen those players before where they're just – they don't feel like great leaders. They're, yeah. they're you know, they're front runners in the sense, yeah, when things are going well, they're, they're right there, they're smiling, they're great. But when things are going poorly, instead of being the guy that's going up and down the sideline and going, come on, we got this, let's go, or, you know, kind of getting everybody pumped up, they're just sulking by themselves and looking angry. Yeah, he doesn't show good leadership. And I think your body language, you know, what do they say? That like 90% of your, you know, your language is nonverbal. I mean, it's the position, you know, my wife always gives me a hard time about that. Like I can, you can always tell when I'm angry or whatever, or irritated <laughs> with somebody. She's like, can't you, don't you, hide? Have a good, you don't have a good poker face? Yeah, she's like, can't you hide that a little bit? I'm like, no, I can't. Uh, <laughs> Can but, you look less angry, please? <laughs> yeah, but uh, my mom got me a shirt that said, I'm not angry. This is just my face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, with him, it's starting to pile up. And now you're talking about paying him a lot of money. I just don't think, you know, Danny used to say this all the time that, uh, you know, it's it's worse to have the wrong franchise quarterback. It's you know it's one thing to not have a franchise quarterback, and it's another to have the wrong one. Yeah. Because then you're investing in something that's really you know kind of like Tannehill when he was in Miami. Mm-hmm. You know uh, he's now much better, but um, yeah, you just you have the wrong guy. Yeah. And that that's you're going to pay him a ton of money. Uh, meanwhile, Seahawks have some of the most coveted free agents on the market. We'll dive into who they must. Resign. That is coming up next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.